Hello. Hello, Merlin. How are you yeah, today? I'm very well. How are you? I'm uh, chilled out and laid back. Mm, that's, re- that's good to hear. Yes. Yes. Mm, Super. Mm. I think it's his weather. It's kind of, mm. it's been fo- like like a Stephen King novel. It's been all foggy and Ooh. misty and you go out of your house and you can't see the to the end of the driveway. It's been Ooh, like spooky. that for two days. I know. <gasps> Uh, oh, I'm back on the DOS. <laughs> Let me put this away. Back on the dais. Oh, my God. It's so much better. Why did I? Uh, Disc you know, because I do lots system. of podcasts. I do lots of podcasts. And so I just I put the DOS away because it was just too loud most of the time. But, man, it feels good to use a real keyboard again. Oh, the – wait. The, the DOS. The, oh, the DOS keyboard. Now I remember. That was the cool black one, right? Yeah, here's what <laughs> – this is why you can't – you can listen to old episodes of especially things like You Look Nice Today. You can hear – you can probably hear that pretty well. I can right? hear it great. Whereas people get mad enough when they can hear the Logitech, which is this. I need something quiet. I never hear you typing. No, no. I would never type on a show. Hmm. No, what I – I used to get a lot, a lot of email uh, from people who complained because they heard typing. And I'm talking about maybe the 2009, 2010 time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got very, like, super paranoid about it. I'm like, well, I, you know, I don't want anyone to hear that. Mm-hmm. So what I eventually learned more about was how to control things like noise gates and things like that. So if... I don't um, hear it when we're recording either. That's the... Well, I have noise gates in line uh, on the, the hardware, the Apollo that I use, the oh, audio input. So it... I should do that. It handles pulling... And you can do that with um, one of the DBX-286s too. Um, for 100 bucks. you plug your mic into that and it'll, it'll handle compression and it'll handle noise gate or just one or the other. Uh, and it's a good DBX-286. preamp too. Oh, nice. The, <clears throat> I used to have racks and racks of those until I got the... Uh, on Jim's recommendation, I got the, uh, the Apollo which has all of this stuff modeled and, and built into it. So that's what you don't hear. Now I could, I could turn it off. Oh, no, 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 I want no. now. Now I have to turn it off. No, I, right. I won't. No, it's okay. Uh, no, it's okay. I want to hear. Let me hear well, the now difference. I've gotta, no, don't worry about it. Uh, too late. You know, I'm not, no, I'm not doing it. Okay. It, there you go. It's off okay. now. So Do now if typing. I type. Oh, that sounds pretty. It's relaxing. Can you, you can hear it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, well, it's a talk, talk kind of sound. Yeah. It's nice. Anyway, that's just my uh, old Apple aluminum wireless keyboard. But I want to know, you know, I have a friend, super, he knows who I'm talking about, super nerd, the, the, uh, into all these newfangled clicky keyboards that our gamers use, and, and they have like, oh, that's a brown key, but I keep a purple, purple key switch under my return key, and I have... The, yeah. or, you know, orange grandpa keys under my uh, arrow key. You know, they have you names the cherry, for red, cherry, brown, Right, cherry, all that blue. nonsense. Yeah, what yeah. is all that? I don't know. Every time I hear Jason Snell talk about it, I get very, very confused. Because there are people who can really tell the difference in the way it feels and the way it sounds. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I am not one of those He brought people. in he, he brought in a little half keyboard. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you now they're color coded, so you can try them and see which one you like. And like, you're, uh, I guess you're supposed to like type on yeah, the different keys. Yeah, you can keys. order from one of those companies. You can order like a little set, like a little yeah. row of each of the different kinds. Yeah, he yeah. had that, and I tried it. I, I'm like, he's like, can you really tell the difference? <laughs> yeah, I really, I really can, Chad. Uh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't tell them apart at all. <laughs> and I and I wound up key. buying nothing. 
So Oh yeah, look at that. Look at that. It's a uh, yes, yes. DOS keyboard. Oh, you can get it from the Amazon. 6 key switch tester. Wow. Cherry MX. Hmm. 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 Um, okay, I'm a little bit out of it. We had a holiday party last night. Oh boy. Uh, for another program that I do. And I had all of the bourbon. Which I <clears throat> not so much the great drink. So you were you were drunk podcasting? It was kind of the challenge, yeah. Oh, okay. Podcast. How how how, how did the holiday out? party? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to apologize in advance. I am reading this. I don't want to talk about this quite yet, but I'm reading the thing. You sent me a link from Radio Times. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I gave you all of a three-minute warning before the show started. Here's a good show topic, Merlin. What do you think? But then go go read the blog article on the Netflix uh, Medium uh, site. Uh-huh. So Netflix has a whole thing about it. It's yep. super interesting. But we have some other things to get through first. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but guess what? I got the Mr. Robot problem. Yes, I did see your tweet about that, and it uh, I felt at once both vindicated and really bad for you. <laughs> well, I, I'm fascinated. I mean, was it the same way that it worked for you? Like, you click on it and it just spins? Yes, you just pick <gasps> Mr. Robot from the, from the outer menu, and, and uh, yeah, just spins and well, spins. I, I didn't try it for very long because we wanted to watch the program. But so first of all, A, I got the problem. It looks like the problem you had. Yes. Yeah, oh, so if you're just tuning in, Dan, <laughs> we've talked about this for the last month. Dan has this weird bug where he can't use the clicky interface on Apple TV to get to any Mr. Robot shows. That's right. And I had it happen to me. Right out of the and, blue. And then B, using Siri worked just like you. Isn't that dumb? I, that, I mean, it's great that we have a way for it to work, but What? Well, I mean, now, I mean, I'm sure this is something that they must know about and will fix, but I really hope they tell us what the problem is. I really want to know why. If it's if really it is those file titles, names. <laughs> please be the titles. That would be so great. <sighs> oh, my God. Because, you know, it's very secure. I know. Are there other shows like that? There's the SHIT My Dad Says that we talked about. Yeah. Yep. It's blipped. But I, I, wonder, I wonder if it's reproducible by finding any other shows with Wackadoo characters in the titles i mean Somebody, w- please listen if you work at apple just tell me on the dl and yeah please. and like if you if you just want us to know and not talk about it on the show at all as long as we both know i think it's fine well we have to be careful about our inside jokes i'm told oh yes we we do <laughs> somebody took us to task for laughing at something recently and not revealing to the listeners what it was mm-hmm. well I understand that is frustrating. It's no fun to not know what people are laughing about. All I can tell you is this. One, well, I'm going to say three things. One, we were not laughing at the listeners. Um, Two, we really couldn't say what it was (laughs) because it's bad. And uh, three, if you're really listening, you go back and listen. You can figure out what it was for yourself, as some people have. Yeah. So anyway, um, <clears throat> sorry to the uh, listener for being frustrating, but it was something where like, I, I thought you would probably cut that out altogether. I, th- <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to lose the spirit of it, but I did my mm-hmm. best. Did I not? Was I, uh, there did was I fail? A, there was a phrase that <laughs> contained a potential, uh, what's the word, a homonym? Yeah. 
a word that sounds the same but is spelled differently. Uh-huh. And if somebody were to have gone to a URL for a sponsor, and if they had, for the sake of argument, <laughs> put in a homonym for one of the words, they might have gotten a very, very different thing. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, sorry <laughs> to the listener. We, we're, we're, not to, we're not trying to frustrate you. I'm sorry you were so upset about it. He didn't say he was, he was not going to listen. He just said, still love the, he signed off, still love the show. Yes. But just don't, don't make your listeners feel so dumb. Let us yeah, in on I, the I joke. I can't help the way anybody feels. That's not any, I don't have a dial for that. There were That's these, two, there was this one kid in, uh, the, in, in grade school. I'm thinking it must've been fifth grade and me uh-huh. and him and one other kid would, were sort of friends and they weren't the, my best friends. They were like in a couple of my classes. And I remember one time they, they decided they wanted to play a joke that would make me feel a little bit excluded. Oh, and, no. and, oh I uh, hate that. It, so what they did, I still remember it. They had like um, one of the ways that they had devised to pass important notes among us were to write the note, cur- curl it up and put it there. We had these certain markers that we were using these color markers and they'd put it in inside it somehow inside of the marker, and you could say, uh, "Greg, can I borrow the blue marker, please?" And he'd say, "Oh, sure. Here's the blue marker," and then I would have the note in it. You see, and the note would be like, "I don't want to eat my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Can I trade with you?" You know, something imp- <laughs> very important like that. And uh, so they did devise this way that they would make it so that only they, they had a, a color only the two of them could use and it was sky blue and I was not ever allowed to get the sky blue marker and that's oh my not goodness. but what I'm saying is that's not what we want to do to our listeners we don't no. want to have a secret in the sky blue the way that I had to deal with one that's not our goal that's a terrible feeling that <clears throat> kind of exclusion thing is we don't want to regular, do that. it's becoming a regular feature in the um, <laughs> on twitter <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also in my kids, my kids' circles, like she's on the receiving end of that. I think oh, she's I hate a little that. bit on the sending end of that, and she's reaching that age though where that becomes a tool that you can use mm. or that you can have use on you, a weapon, really. See what yeah. did I say? Fifth grade, right? And she's a little, a little younger than that, but yep. you know that's yep. when it's that's when it starts. That's when you get good at it. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's when you get the most pleasure out of it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find. See, I blocked Reddit. On Google search results, so I keep almost seeing it. It looks like people are talking about it on Reddit. The bug, Reddit, and I'm searching. I'm clicking. Oh no, I can't even get to it this way. Okay, all right, all right. Reddit.com. Um, sorry, Reddit. I just don't. The results are not always very useful to me. Uh, Apple TV, Mr. Robot, and like I. Mr. Robot and the people behind it are weird enough and and interesting enough and disruptive enough that I could see them making something like this happen somehow. Uh-huh. Like, oh my God, they don't want us to watch Mr. Robot. Like, they're making it a challenge for us to hack it and figure out how we can watch Mr. Robot. Like, oh, regular like we gotta, people... We gotta hack the encryption and right, try to... Regular people server. don't get to watch Mr. Robot. Only people who right. like... So if you just try and watch it, like, no, you're not gonna get it. Uh, but... Like if you hack around, if you find an, another way into the system, man, mm, then you door. can. Yeah. Um, on 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 the Reddit, uh, uh, a Reddit reader, Red 
A guy posted a thing that said, did Mr. Robot hack Apple TV? Don't delete me. Uh, if people are able to find it and watch it, and let me know. And it shows the, his screen with the words Mr. Robot. And, and the spinner, the right? circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then somebody responds to that saying, exactly the same behavior for me with season three of Mr. Robot on Apple TV 4K. <laughs> hey, anybody out there, like... Um, I don't want to make this a thing, and this is not this is not a blanket party. But if you've bought Mr. Robot on the iTunes Store and you have an Apple TV, uh, could you go see if this happens for you? Because it's a pretty popular show. It seems like you would have heard about it by now. Yeah, um, that, that's why I think maybe it's in now. Now I've gone. Can you tell I've gone to the other side now? And I'm like, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> I know. That's what it is. That's not the kind of thing Apple does. They're not so big on the What if like, they've like penetrated know. Apple and they're like if hacking they, oh, they, Apple? They, they've, got, they've, got a, uh, they've got a man on your boat. <laughs> right. They've got a mole. Yes. Yes. A mole. <laughs> a mole man. Um, and then there's a guy on an Apple forum who's very, very mad and using lots of exclamation points. That must be important. Yes. The issue I have is that Mr. Robot show content will not load after multiple restarts reboots. <laughs> this Apple TV behavior just started today. What what up, Apple? The odd bit is I can get access to the content via the TV menu app up next button and going down to recently watched. There's a bug in the Apple TV app or a flaw of some kind or a communication flaw with your network, Apple, my box, and or the bridging of content between you and USA Network. Regardless, this is unacceptable and I am flipping mad. Flipping uh, mad. Stop screwing up. Do the math and fix this crappy software and make it rock solid. Do it ASAP. <laughs> Bottom line, I'm not getting the content I'm paying for right now. Get my show back and let me exit via your cloud. I am dude off. Fix it now. Thank you to uh, to uh, listener Liverpool 8. <laughs> yeah. Level 1, 8 points. Okay. Closing that tab. Ooh, ooh, Denny boy. Mm, what? Um, what now? Yeah, I could probably use more sleep. Why don't you tell me about something that you like? I will tell you. Uh, lots more to talk about today. Oh, we do. I know. And uh, But th- this is important. Mm. It's called Slack. Slack. Thanks. The messaging app for teens. Yes. Thanks to Slack, we all get to, <laughs> to talk to each other again. In a way that doesn't disturb us and bother us. Uh, and that's what I like about Slack. We use that uh, among our show hosts on 5 by 5 I use it with Fireside, the podcast hosting platform that I do a lot. It's a great way for me to talk to or and, and even, even hang out with users. And that's what's really cool about it is it brings all your team's communication together. You get a shared workspace. Conversations happen there. You can then break the conversations down into individual little threads if you want, and multiple people can join in on those threads, so it's almost like having little sub-chats. But what's nice about this is it eliminates email. It improves communication, all the tools and everything you need in one place. Real-time messaging, they have video and voice calls built in, you get group file sharing, and all of this is searchable in their archive, and it's all in one app. It's all in one application. And because of that... You sign in on your phone, you can talk on your phone. So you go to go to lunch, you can continue the conversation. When you get back to your office, pick up right where you left. It's there in your browser. It's there in your application. It's really great. It works everywhere that you might go. And uh, you can find out why this is such a cool thing by going to slack.com yourself and getting started. And chances are you can use one of the, the free ones to find out if you like it. You just sign up and you're in and you're doing something awesome with Slack. So go check it out. Slack, S-L-A-C-K, slack.com. 
Can I say something? Please. Um, a podcast that I like, um, a slate podcast called the Double X Gap Fest. It's a podcast uh, with three women talking about women's stuff, and it's really good. Noreen Malone, Hannah Rosen, and uh, the wonderful June Thomas. And they were talking about Slack. And it, mostly, I think, very positively. Um, I mean, this is not part of the ad. They didn't tell us to say this. But they, it was very thought-provoking to me because it got me thinking about the ways that people what, – what they were talking about in particular, like is, is Slack potentially kind of good – for women who have historically been sort of shouted down or who have like maybe felt the need to always do a compliment sandwich every time they want to ask for anything. And, uh, I mean, I just, I mentioned that cause it's a, it's a really good podcast, but I feel that for myself, it has taken a lot of the resistance out of the short check-in. I mean, that doesn't make you a better human being, but like the emails that used to get passed around, to do stuff that had to be done on a regular basis, workflow type things, is now all accomplished in Slack for me. So, like the idea of like putting out a podcast. I mean, I still use text messaging sometimes, but like if you're doing something um, with your co-host and your editor, and uh, you know, I'm sure on larger teams it's just totally invaluable. But I, I like the way that it's, I like the way it encourages people to interact with each other. I love that. That's a great point. Um, it, you it, know what really, I mean? like, it really it does creates, work that way. It, it's not going to, like I say, it's not going to make everybody a good or even better person, but it does encourage better habits and it, it discourages some of the baggage of both email and F2F because mm-hmm. they both have their, they have their baggage. It can be, you know, heavy baggage. So anyway, I just want to say I like Slack a lot and I think it's a great thing and you should use it for your, for your thing. Slack. Slack. Messaging app for teens. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. No matter how I say it, it sounds like teens. Well, it's because you're saying teens. But I would say Slack, the messaging app for teens. And, and I would say that and everybody go, why are you saying teens? There's just something about my voice that's terrible. In the wrong business. Slack. Um, oh, a buck, buck. oh, God, oh, no, my bell's obscured. What happened? Oh, no, it's got a french fry box on it. Um, but now it's it's been freed. Okay, uh, so, holiday party. Uh, Mr. Robot Problems. Oh, um, this is hopefully probably kind of maybe the last time I'll talk about it, but uh, I I wanted to say thank you for the nice feedback from people who uh, took up my offer to go and listen to the Ezra Klein podcast interview with Robert Wright, the guy who wrote the Buddhism book. And I just wanted to mention in passing, thank everyone who said that uh, and have started reading the book and liked it. If you're enjoying, if you enjoyed hearing him talk about that, you can hear some of the same stuff. I mean, he's he's kind of doing that book tour thing where he's got a certain story that he's going to tell over and over. But if you enjoyed that uh, talk with Robert Wright, uh, I put links in show notes to an interview with uh, Sam Harris on his Waking Up podcast and an interview on a fun, interesting philosophy uh, podcast called The Partially Examined Life, which is also a very good show. And those are both in, in show notes for this episode. Dan, where would people find show notes for episode 355 of your Back to Work program? Uh, they can go to 5x5.tv slash B as in brothers, mm-hmm. 2 as in the number, W as in Warren. Winklevoss. Winklevoss. Warren. Warren Winklevoss. Isn't that, is that Angel? Uh, what Angel's is his last name? Warren Worthington. Warren Warren Worthington. Worthington. Slash. W is the only letter that has more than one syllable. Back to you. <laughs> okay. Uh, slash, B- you B- said B- 355. W. So, you know, if that's what you think it is, it's fine. I'll go yeah. with that. Yeah. I'm not going to argue about it. 
Brothers to Warren. Just like it sounds. <laughs> oh, brother. It's going to be a long day. Um, what else? I'm closing Slack. Slack, you go away for now. And what else is happening? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a potential topic. We also have some... Um, some feedback uh, from listeners about the should I take a job at a place where I have to use Windows? Right. And we have another listener who needs some advice on uh, what kinds of things to keep uh, nostalgia and memorabilia wise. So we could circle back to those. Um, but you sent me this very interesting link today. And it's, I think, uh, still haven't read the whole article, but. Uh, t- talk about this. Did you, did you did you see it in show notes? Did you see the link to the? Uh, I'm opening Netflix that now. Um, blog post. Yes, now I have it open. I'm, I'm while, while I'm clicking, I'm looking. Mm-hmm. There it is. So this is something I just came across just a few minutes before the show started, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, this is an article in Radio Times, and it says the title of the article kind of says it all. Netflix is even personalizing the artwork it shows you. Uh, based on your movie and TV tastes. And so what's kind of cool about this is if you were on your version of Netflix, it's running on your Apple TV or mobile device or however you're watching it, that if you were to see a, uh, a recommended item for say, and the example they use is goodwill hunting. Mm -hmm. If they see that you've watched a whole bunch of other Robin Williams films it would show you Goodwill Hunting with Robin Williams' character on the or, cover, or of even the comedies artwork. on the Netflix thing. It says like if you've watched like Arrested Development and Zoolander and Anger right. Management, we're going to show you one with Robin Williams, right? And if and you've seen lots of romance stuff, right? Then it, it'll show you, um, you know, the one with uh, Matt Damon and uh, his Mini uh, Driver. Yeah, Mini Driver. Uh, Her full name is Miniature. Miniature Driver. Is, is that so? <laughs> But, uh, you know, so that's very interesting. And they were talking about the algorithm of how this whole thing works. And it's it's really fascinating because they are really – this is the kind of, I think, the kind of ad personalization that has been the holy grail of ad personalization in the sense that, you know, they understand and know or their, their algorithm knows that – you know, you have watched a certain kind of TV show or a certain kind of movie and you've done it over and over again long enough that it knows, okay, you, you kind of like comedies. So mm-hmm. I might want you to watch something and maybe it has some humor in it, but it's not quite a comedy, but I'm going to show you the cover that most makes it look like a comedy. Mm-hmm. So if I do that, you're more likely to watch it. And the, the interesting thing that it says at the end of this article is um, they say something like, it does it work? And it says uh, it, ha- it has worked. There was a, quote, significant lift in our core metrics as people engaged with Netflix recommendations for TV shows and movies. So they are actually getting better response and people watching more stuff by showing them those recommended things. It's pretty interesting. I think it's interesting for several reasons. I mean, I haven't given it much thought yet, but... Um also, I learned a new phrase here. This is from the Netflix tech blog on Medium. For our work personalization, the specific online learning framework we use is contextual bandits. Have you ever heard that term? Mm, I think I've heard it from you. 
Oh, I, I feel like this is the first time I've heard it. Hmm. it says, that's different from the wet bandits. Rather than waiting to collect a full batch of data, waiting to learn a model, and then waiting for an A-B test to conclude, contextual bandits rapidly figure out the optimal personalized artwork selection for a title for each member and context. Briefly, contextual bandits are a class of online learning algorithms that trade off the cost of gathering training data required for learning an unbiased model on an ongoing going basis with the benefits of applying the learn model to each member context. So it's like a quick, maybe quicker and dirtier. Uh, the key property of contextual bandits is that they're designed to minimize regret. <laughs> At a high level, the training data for a contextual bandit is obtained through the injection of controlled randomization, DLD, DLD. Um, there's a lot, of th- I think there's several things about this that are interesting. I mean, I, again, the, the thing that people are probably going to want to talk about, like, is, is this an invasion of privacy or something? Which I think well, I would just as soon leave aside. Yeah. Because there's a more interesting stuff. Yeah. But first of all, I, I think it's very interesting that this is a service that you pay for. There's some services where you pay a flat fee per month or year. And if you, especially if it's not very costly, it's often a loss leader for other things. Mm, mm-hmm. And they, a lot of times they want you to be doing something else with the service. It's interesting how relatively pure a play Netflix is, or Netflix seems to be in the sense that however their model works, the idea is they want you to watch a lot of it. It's interesting to me. I mean, you know, uh, sort of like YouTube with uh, YouTube and like the the way that they have gotten so aggressive about uh, recommended videos and especially about autoplay. Like they're banning lots of apps now that don't uh, don't have autoplay as the default. They really want you to watch, even though it's very costly to push out all those you know many many. Right. I mean that adds up really really fast. Right. You, you know, it's it's a preview that on my screen as I'm going through these stupid preview things, I don't want to see. Like there's, it's loading audio, it's loading video. Oh, and it's, that is, that, is, I wish I could turn that. Okay. You're talking about when you, not mouse over, when you click on. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Oh, uh, it starts playing like a trailer yeah. or a segment. You're just, as I you're just that. scrolling to the right, it'll start playing these things. You're like, no, like m- make it go away. Make it's it so stop. It's interesting that they would put this much effort into something as seemingly obscure as a model for deciding which show art will make you want to click on it. That's a big project. That's I'm guessing this is not a simple thing. But on the other hand, they have the costly and extremely annoying thing where it plays audio and video and there's no way to turn it off. That's I hate very it. odd to me. It's it's the worst. They do so much monkey. I don't want to get too far off topic here, but they do a lot of monkeying with the app. They've 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 there's there are two kind of two and a half, I guess, changes they have made. That thing, the automatic trailer thing is maddening to me. But they've also like taken away the concept of home, top, bottom. There's no like home anymore. It used to be that like if you're in a row mm-hmm. of like say like you know you're, we're showing you this because you like to kill Bill part one, and you click to the left, you're there's no home spot. It's right. just a continuing loop. There's no there's no such thing as as top bottom anything. You just it's all wrap around um, every direction, which I find very I feel very unmoored with that I, I i like the idea of like i'm at the top not 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 necessarily that i've oh i've seen all there is to see but like it, it is kind of i guess i get why they do it but i don't love that change either but again maybe it's to give, give you that feeling of like there's just endless content here you keep keep looking, keep looking i keep guess looking. it's it just and the other thing that I, I feel like it used to be better at doing was keeping track of what i've actually watched because like if if I watch, there's no order to it. There's no. There doesn't there, appear to be any it, order. But it changes it. because like last night I've the last thing that I watched was The Crown. Okay, right. I watched an episode of The Crown last <laughs> night. The next time that I go to 
recently watched for Dan or continue wa- continue watching for Dan, that better be the first thing in that list because that's the last thing that I watched. But I mean, arguably, it but should be not. arguably the the topmost things. I think it should. I, I think a click up to start searching makes a lot of sense. As it is from what passes for home, click up is usually the featured item. If memory serves, mm-hmm. I feel like those two rows near the very top in my head should definitely be my list in the order things were added, reverse chron- chronological, and the in in the keep watching, which would also be I think reverse chronological based on last time you were watching it. Mm-hmm. That makes a, in in my head that makes a lot of sense, but they must have their reasons. They're presumably I'm, similar to the reasons for the show art. I mean, there must be right. something they're gleaning about what makes people watch more, or just for that matter, spend more time in the app. Well, I, that counts too. You know, you know what? I didn't even think of spending more time in the app. I agree with you completely on both of those points because I'll tell you what it's not doing. It's not there to make it easier for me to find the thing that I was last watching. It, it would mm-hmm. seem to be doing the opposite. It would seem to be showing me lots of other things that maybe it doesn't want me to just watch The Crown. It wants me to watch The Crown, but also Wormwood, but also this other show that I watched six months ago that's for some reason still in the recently watched list. You mm-hmm. know, uh, So that's kind of confusing. It's altogether very confusing. Also, just as long as we're talking about Netflix, I'm trying to find this. Um, there are several sources of this out there. I think it's finder.com. 23,458 genres on uh, Netflix that you that are browsable. Have you ever seen this list? I have not seen this list. It's pretty crazy. It's loading the list now. Yeah, but you can like go in and see like you know um, Japanese science fiction with a strong female lead. Like there'll, there'll be like these these very very specific kinds of genres, and it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, 20th century period pieces. I'm just action and adventure starring Hugh Jackman. Uh. It's just, like I say, 23,000 of these absurd TV comedies. It's loading really slow. Um, very interesting stuff, though. They are very um, very scientific about this stuff. What was the other point that was interesting about this? Um, uh, <laughs> well, it's – no, I guess what I'm thinking is like I feel like – okay, <clears throat> one thing is I think we – most of us can probably agree. Most of us have probably had the experience – of getting really excited about a movie trailer and saying, wow, this looks really, really, really good. And then you go and watch it and it feels like almost a different movie than was in the trailer or the, or the corollary where there are some that have like, like I, I don't think the trailer for Coco uh, did it any favors. No, I, just, I haven't seen it. And I think part of that's because the trailer, the like trailer is not good. It, I, it really feels, it feels like, uh, it feels like a two years late mashup of Kubo and, um, book of the dead, book of the dead, day of the dead, book of the dead. What's the, what's, what's the one, the, uh, the really good, uh, day, uh the d- one with the day of the dead. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, I think it's book of the dead. The Tibetan uh, book of the dead. Book of the heart, book of the heart, book of the, book of the Beppo. Book of, <laughs> do you have those there? Book of the Dead, Beppo de Buca, Book of the Beppo, Book of the Beppo. Do you have that? Book of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Book of the Beppo. Huh. Fogo de Chao. It's called. Oh, come on! What's the cartoon? Cartoon movie. Dead. Oh, see now it's going. Ah, Book of Life. Oh, book Book of Life. Book of Life. Book of Life. Book of of Beppo. Yeah. James Thompson did a Markov chain thing to come up with Doctor Who um, episode titles, and it's really, really funny. 
because they are actually really astonishingly, astonishingly similar over the 50-some years of the show. The Book of Life. I thought the trailer for Coco looked like a lot like The Book of Life, which is a very good movie, and like Kubo and the Two Strings or whatever it's called. So we've all. Had, I feel like I know. I know. I've had. I'll speak for myself. I have had that experience. Oh my God. The trailer for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm. Dracul! The the Coppola movie made that movie look so good. It was such a good trailer. Uh, Anyway, the point being that it works both ways, and but the net effect is it's at least bewildering and often disappointing when you feel like you didn't get what was printed on the tin to some extent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now I'm thinking of that hilarious thing somebody did where they made a trailer for Shining, The Shining. But it's they like made a happy it a trailer, trailer. but they made it they made it a, a romantic comedy about right. little Danny getting a new dad. <laughs> right, <laughs> and it's got like Salisbury Hill. Yeah, dun, yeah, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And it t- it tells a story of you know Danny who's just his and his mom who's a single mom and how they meet meet this wonderful man who takes them on a trip yeah. and it's they a, show no- build show a lovely you know father son <laughs> relationship out of it. I remember that was the first one of of those types of things that I had ever seen. That that was the and it still I think stands out as the best example of that oh, you know so taking good. a taking a trailer and remixing it yeah yeah exactly exactly um so why are we saying that because now i'm looking at did you go look at the netflix blog post yeah there? yeah i've got that open too so i mean it's interesting because yeah i can definitely see why i mean there's some that are really quite obvious like if you really like uma thurman it makes sense if you watch lots of Uma Thurman films. I mean, she hasn't made that that many movies. It makes a lot of sense to have the Pulp Fiction card be her. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like in my head it makes less sense for a giant John Travolta fan, but I can't exactly say why. <laughs> They're showing like if you like Killing Season Grease. Gosh, she's so strange looking. <laughs> Killing Season Grease. And if you've seen that in Urban Cowboy, we're going to show you. John Travolta. I guess that makes sense. Well, on the on the Netflix blog, uh, maybe another example. of This is on the Netflix blog. They have a, a picture of nine different Stranger Things covers that they have to choose from, and depending on what it is that you watch more of, you might see a Stranger Things cover that has the logo uh, over some dark woods. You might see a picture of the uh, three uh, boys dressed up as the Ghostbusters. You mm-hmm. might see one of uh, Eleven's nose bleeding. Eleven's nose bleeding. You might see one of the chief standing in a pumpkin patch. Um, they even have one with uh, gosh, I forgot their characters' names already, but with the teenage boy and girl who become oh, boyfriend I like girlfriend. That guy. You know, so they they show the two of them together reacting to something. And then there's my favorite, which is the one that uh, is very reminiscent of the little boy opening the door in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is, of course, the one where he's opening the door and looking into the um, the upside down. But, you know, like maybe if you watched Close Encounters of the Third Kinds or have watched Alien movies, maybe they'd show you that one because they know that's a, a reference you would know. I don't know. I, I think this is fascinating. And it's funny because I have in the for, for other shows in the in the past, I've said, OK, you know, like texting someone saying, OK, remember, you're supposed to watch such and such to talk about on the show tomorrow and I'd say, you know, it's it's the uh, black black cover art with the red letters. And they'd be like, no, oh, right. it's white text over a colorful background. What are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I guess that's because you're watching it on Fire TV. You know, like I never really understood what 
was doing it. And I'm very curious how long they've been doing this and testing it. Um, I didn't see if it said in the article in the Netflix blog. I'm going to type something real quick here. Um, everybody starts contacting me when I'm doing other things. Um, it's, you know, I think one mistake that I make uh, uh, often, a bias or something, a mis- misapprehension is, you know, <laughs> sort of like the thing of like, I, I know, I believe me, I feel you, I know why people say this, but Twitter, they spend all this time <laughs> making threads, why don't they just fix b- b- abuse? And it's like, I don't disagree, I wish they would make all that better too, I also wish I were taller. Uh, you know, there, that's a much more difficult problem than the technical problem of like, which I just tried for the first time today. The threading thing works. The, the, the like stage a bunch of tweets and then send it out. Yeah. It's I haven't really tried cool. it. I haven't tried it yet. Well, what I are, like the fact that it doesn't, you know, there's isn't like a diarrhea explosion of words for the people who are following you. Like you have to kind of drill in. I, I like, I happen. That is one nice thing about a thread if it's done well. But the truth is like the, the people who are making this, I, I have to guess i will guess i will postulate that the people who make decisions about how to deal with abuse are very rarely the same people who are making the decision about how to do threads i mean and definitely in terms of implementation that's a very different team so i mean you know i don't i don't mean didn't mean to make that political but like with netflix like with google like with any of these the person person the entity or entities who decide what should autocomplete in the keyboard line, they're probably using a lot of the same code as the people who decide which web pages show up, but I bet they're slightly different. Yeah. In the same way that I'll bet the people who are doing the, uh, what's it called? The convicted allies? What's it called? The, the grasping uh, elocutors? Contextual bandits. I bet the contextual bandits people <laughs> could be quite different than the people who are deciding or, or causing to happen the like, oh, 98% agreement now that they've gotten rid of the stars. And the reason I say all that is I was about to say something kind of glib, which is like, I'm not sure this is effective. I mean, I I feel like, and you know, humans are notoriously terrible at gauging this kind of stuff in themselves, but I feel like I still kind of want the old way. I still like, I feel like I would like things to be the same way. I talked about this with Roderick just a little bit on our program yesterday on Roderick on the line about how there are still people I think who don't realize that what they type in as autocomplete on Google is not what other people get. And it's sometimes hilariously revealing, as in the case of some of the people in the current administration going, oh, look at the autofill returns for this. Donald Trump is great. Donald Trump is awesome. Donald Trump. It's like, well, that's going to be real different than what I get. Like if you go and enter something like type in, how do I people will get all different responses. Right. And it's it's a lot of that's based on your previous search history, your browsing history and or what it can kind of guess about you. Right. Why can't I focus? Why can't I cry? Why can't I eat? Why can't <laughs> I find a job? Why can't I be happy? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> what do you get when you type why why can't I? Um uh, some of the same ones. <laughs> why can't I focus? <laughs> why can't I cry? Why can't I eat? Why can't I find a job? Why can't I be happy? But like I said the job Those are our show getting, titles like, right there. <laughs> Why can't I find hentai porn? Why can't there be more hentai porn? Like, you know, it's going to be very revealing uh, about you. Um, So it's kind of funny, though, because it used to be, I feel like, the time was that Google was seen as, I mean, think of talking about things like your page rank. And you could talk about like where there was like APIs for showing what return something was, you know, on a page of returns. And people would go like one, two, three, four, five pages in. And then Google got better and better and better. And now people very rarely go to a second page on Google, right? 
Um, but it used to be a way of like a kind of a measurement where you could say to somebody, okay, go Google for this and the third entry for that exact thing you type will be this. Don't, don't you feel like there was a time when that was before the algorithm got real good? Real good, too good. But your returns, I mean, I guess it might vary by geography, but now it varies on so many factors. Um, it can make you feel a little bit unmoored. It can make you feel without even realizing it. You might, you might not realize how much in a bubble you are with the news that Facebook shows you, with right. the returns that Google provides you. I guess you know, Facebook somewhat notoriously really wants you to see stuff that you're likely to like and agree with. Rather than something that might be somewhat more, regardless of your political vantage point or ethical, social, whatever, there might be something that would be more nutritional for you to read uh, that isn't exactly something you agree with yet. So I don't know. Um, and, and the reason I say all that is because like, I, I, maybe this works. It probably works on me in ways I don't realize. But it's also funny to me that like whatever benefit they're getting out of that, I am so effing put off. <laughs> By the trailer thing. I don't know anybody that likes that. And I, I wonder if, if – it seems strange to me that like they, they, they know whether I like Robin Williams or not, but there's no way that they can tell like how much that bothers so many people. And on top of it, sometimes the recommendations you do get seem so strange. Yeah. Like do you ever just get really weird stuff based on like what they – I don't know if it's what they're pushing, but – I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but this seems like a real triumph that they've really thought through. But in the context of everything else they they do, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird. Yeah, like, it feels it like is. a lot of thought has gone into this, and there's other kinds of things where if there is a lot of thought, and I don't understand what it is they're going for. Well, I you know what you said in the beginning seems to me like it might be the answer is just that they they want you to spend like I think if you were to ask the people at Netflix. What is your goal with Netflix? I think they would say to have people watching Netflix all the time, like never stopping. If you think about, you know, and YouTube does this too, right? Uh, when you finish one video, it'll say starting up the next one and it's, yes. you know, it kicks you into the next one. And a lot of the time, I mean, if you're, if you're already planning to watch a couple of episodes back to back, this is a wonderful feature because you know, you, you mm-hmm. intend to just sort of sit it's there. It's hard when it's bath time, when it's bath or hand-washing time right. or something. Hey, sorry, Dad, another it, one came on. Like, what, she, I'm, what am I supposed to, to think do? There's some implicit rule that if the show starts for any reason, she's entitled to watch the whole thing. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And, and this happens all the time. I'm like, okay, you've watched too many gumballs. Too many gumballs. <laughs> yeah. Like, this show, this, like Teen Titans, is a show about screaming. And it's funny a little bit. But, like, uh, there's, I, I'm sorry to sound like such an old man. But like the combination of uh, the, the short kind of format, they're usually like about 10 minutes each, the pacing, the loudness, the brightness, the just overstimulationness mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And then like having that just run for like three hours is a bad idea. You do not have a happy kid after you've gone through like, you know, she gets up at six and watches a bunch of these. And it's like at some point I have to go in and just be like, I know you're not going to be into this, but like we've, you've got to watch something different or turn it off like i'm not against your watching stuff right i mean that's what you do on a saturday morning but like (laughs) you can't do this for six hours this is not wholesome no and it really does kind of encourage that i feel like i've turned it off before and it turns back on in some places there's lots of stuff like that lots of stuff where like i sign off something i'm sorry now i'm just ranting but like i'll sign off like i'll say for this twitter account please stop sending me emails about who i should be following and what i should be and it seems to last maybe about a year and then boom it starts on all of my accounts all over again that's funny from all of those again but yeah it's like this kind of little sneaky thing where 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, there used to be all those think pieces and, um, you know, magazine articles back in the day about the psychology of a grocery store. And a lot of that stuff, some of it's true, a lot of it's not true. The stuff about why they put milk where it is, according to, I want to say, Radiolab, has way more to do with how you unload milk and keep it cold. The reason milk is in the back of the store is not to make you go walk to the back of the store for milk. It's because that's they have all the cold stuff together, and you unload it from a cold truck, and spoilage is an issue. That's why it's there. Mm-hmm. But there were still t- t- tons of those think pieces. And I think you know, it sounds like we're in agreement that the one thing that seems to be true is that they want you to spend a lot of time in this app. And it's a little bit like a casino, maybe. Right. Where like there's very few right angles and, and no clocks. <laughs> and you're supposed to like if you walk through the Bellagio, when we stay at the, when we stayed at the Bellagio, I can never figure out where our room is because there's nothing to orient by. It's just when you're pushing your baby through this smoke filled room going like, where are the elevators? And like, you know, they're using those Disney style sight lines to make it impossible to see where anything is. You're like, well, I think there's poker here, but I don't know where our room is. And that's, that's their goal, right? Never leave the casino. I think that's kind of the, well, it's not yet, right? Not never, but they don't want stuff there that's going to make you feel more moored and oriented they would rather you feel kind of unmoored and disoriented and i can't help but think they're trying that a little bit with this like why how about this everybody knows if you're a tv business industry watcher like i am informally netflix what six billion dollars how much they spend on content this year like a lot yeah they're put they're putting stuff out almost every day they'll just drop a season of a tv show how about this and and not just some tv show from 10 years ago but like something brand new with no no no, a brand new a brand new tv show a brand new christmas special like whatever like we talked about last time but like do you feel like to a certainty you know that like not even blindfolded let's say with all of your faculties with you do you feel like you know where to go in a given netflix no To find comedies no. that Netflix has, original comedy no. TV shows Netflix has released in the last month. I wouldn't know how to find those regardless of when they were released. I don't know how to find any aspect of that. I know that I could. I don't know that, you know, when, when, uh, with titles, I would only ever think to mostly search for, uh, or sorry, with search. I would think to search for titles and I would maybe think to search for an actor. Right. Or, or talent, maybe a director. Um, but no, I think I, I have, I am habituated to clicking around, right? It just seems like you would be able to go somewhere and get to the top of a silo and start drilling further down. But I don't think that exists like it used to. You can't, I mean, Tim Goodman talks about this on the podcast with Jason Snell on TV talk machine. Like it's very difficult to know that they've released something new unless they think it's something you should be seeing, in which case they put it at the, you know, the top spot. Like, I'll know, like, for one day, it's like, oh, you know, um, Brian Regan has a new comedy special, like, for a day. <laughs> it's gone. If you miss it, it's gone. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I think that this, all of this, what we're talking about as a whole, it just shows the the change that we have now in places like Netflix creating this kind of custom content to keep us in the app for a long time. It was, what can we do to keep someone in the store shopping? How can we keep them shopping? Just like they do in, in Vegas. How can we keep them gambling? Well, we could give them free drinks. We could give them free food. If they have that, then they won't have to leave. They won't even want to leave. 
They, they, if they're thirsty, <laughs> we'll bring them drink, something to drink. And if you work for a company like Google or Netflix, they're doing the same thing with their employees. <laughs> that Well, yes. <laughs> food, we'll help you with your laundry. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and you know what? While you're gone from your house, we'll send someone over there to clean it. Not that you'd notice because you're never there. Oh, is your shoulders tight? We have a masseuse walking through. The, oh, I see him right over yeah, there. We'll send, send somebody over, to ha- over the house to... Uh, Dust off your uh, chick on a Lamborghini right. poster and right. your poverty sucks poster. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and <laughs> fluff up your beanbag chair. But that, yo, know, right in front of the TV, the little, yeah. But, you know, the thing that gets me is that it, it does work. How easy is it to watch the next episode of the thing? And when that's done or when your movie is done, mm-hmm. they're just going to, here's three other ones that are like, a good follow-up to that. I mean, and that's a powerful, powerful thing for them because they know that people are going out less. They're staying home more. They're watching TV mm-hmm. more, but what they're watching isn't uh, live TV. It's it's not network stuff. It's stuff on Netflix. And like Netflix, we said this last time, but like I just want to drive this home again. Netflix went from being a company that specialized in old stuff to uh-huh. a company that specializes in brand new stuff that you can only watch there that never yes. makes it to CD because people are just streaming it like that the fact that that Netflix Hulu and probably Hulu in the future even though they just got bought um you know th- this is the future of how people will watch stuff and I just don't think the world of containing attention it it is such a strange place and that we are all to some degree manipulated by it you know yeah um the the last people in the world to resist it are podcast listeners to be honest because they're making more intelligent choices about what they listen to next at least until the app comes out that manages to suggest something perfect for them i mean like spotify for me for the longest uh, time the longest you, do you time you put your stuff in spotify uh, oh yeah, yeah. That stuff is in there. I don't think anyone listens to it through Spotify, but it's in there. Well, I'd, lo- I'd love to find out. So, is I mean, this, on Spotify. Yeah, the stats are uh, are available. I've looked at them once, and the numbers were so people so tell me small. They're comically, they're comically low. Yeah, they were so like if okay. It, all right, I, I I thought I I didn't know if that was just like I can go and you know any of these like I I go and look at Do by Friday and it's like so many people use Overcast like it's, yeah oh yeah like, it's crazy how many people use Overcast which totally makes sense in my little you know my little uh, half acre it totally makes sense so right now Do by Friday forty seven point three percent Overcast twenty seven point four eight Pocket Cast twelve point seven <laughs> I, Apple iOS podcasts. The next biggest is web browser at 2.9%. And then it's a long, long, long tail. Yeah. I mean, that's, isn't that crazy? It is crazy. It really is. And it, but it makes sense to me. Uh, and, and that's the thing is that people, people really like control over their podcasts and how they listen to them. And I and, hope they do. Cause I turn this stuff down left and right. And I always, I need to, I need to update my attitude. I really need to update my attitude, but I got such a bad taste with all due respect to everybody. I got such a bad taste in my mouth over the past five years from these carpet baggers showing up with these crazy agreements. I don't think people are reading these agreements. I do. And some of them are bananas. They're not going to do anything right now. Oh, it's great. We'll host it for you. It won't cost you anything. Yeah, thanks, SoundCloud. How's that going? Like, um, we'll, we'll take care of everything for you. And it's like, but you don't read the stuff in there about like, they're going to rehost your feed. They're going to do this with it. It's only going to be available certain. Even if they're not doing any of that, you have agreed to let them do 
so much banana stuff, you have no idea. If they, they could come up with some kind of a lot of not all of them, and I'm being very general, but like, do you ever you ever look at these agreements from these companies? I have, yeah. I mean, they're they're. Am I wrong? No, Aren't some of them kind of crazy. They're all very crazy, and I think those things are just there because they thought maybe they could get them to be there. I'm not really worried that they're ever going to do any of the banana stuff that they. Uh, I think they're they're telling very few of their partners and uh, users about that and yeah. I'll bet they are swinging from the rafters in every pitch meeting to talk about what's in that agreement. Yeah, I, I'm sure. Who's going to, I mean, who's investing all of this money in these podcast startups? What is the benefit that any of those things bring? Okay, I love this American life. Comma. Like, if you want their old episodes, you have to buy their app. As it happens, I have bought their app. But it drives me crazy when I go, where did I go? Oh, fresh air. I wanted to find a fresh air from not very long ago. That's not in the feed anymore. Um, there's just all of these like strategy things. And I get that. Like I have a podcast with a Patreon and member episodes. Right. And I understand everybody has their own different ways to do things. Uh, and I respect that, but like, I, I'm much more drawn to stuff that increases or at least holds the independence that has made this whole medium so good while doing the minimal amount of annoying the user that's possible. But also, really, independence is independence, like with a capital I. It means not only that, like, I own this lock, stock, and barrel, but like, you're not allowed to do stuff with it. Like, you're, free, you know, what you're free to do? You're free to listen to it, and you're free to stop listening to it. But <laughs> you're like not that. allowed to like go rehost it. You're not allowed to go put in dynamic ads. Right. Marco's just pulling his. Well, you know, he's going crazy. <laughs> With dealing with, with Overcast having to deal with all these different nutty things where – did you read his post about how most podcasts are not doing proper like 301s, 302s for updates? Yes. And he's got to like go in and rewire all of this stuff. Yeah, it's I mean he's he's crazy. having to do work behind the scenes to uh, to get it so that if if someone improperly redirects their podcast from one service host to another, mm-hmm. that uh, because most – places do it wrong uh he's having to do it in a much more difficult and more intelligent way to make those redirects work uh that's basically so if you decided oh i'm i'm sick of soundcloud i want to try dan's fireside thing you would have to set up a redirect i'm not saying soundcloud (laughs) is one of the ones well no it's not soundcloud i mean don't is it just still buzz and rumors at this point? I'm uh, going away hard. I think they are going to go away. But I, I'm saying I don't know how they handle the redirect. Right. Um, I see lots of lots of chatter and various slacks I'm in of people like just like, oh, my God, I've got to get all my stuff off before this just disappears. I do periodic once a month. I'll usually do a um, – are you are you ready to leave SoundCloud? Here's a discount, thirty percent for three months or something like that um, for, for Fireside. I usually tweet one of those out. Uh, because, and that's been a lot of the customers coming to Fireside have come from, you know, they've been on SoundCloud and they got worried about it or they were on Libsyn and they're, they don't like the user interface. They want to try something better. And, you know, so like, that's really interesting though, to, to see where are these people coming from and what, what are they leaving? But SoundCloud kind of scares me. Oh, but what I was going to say about Spotify and algorithms yeah. was uh, for the longest time there uh every week spotify would come out with a playlist that's called discover discover weekly i think or discover oh, I've weekly. Heard that's very good federica makes that sound awesome oh my god it's been great for the longest time and i don't know why i don't know if it's because my kids are now requesting music of their own to be played or right, what right, but right. it has gone totally down downhill in a oh, no big kidding. way i the now, out of a list of, I don't know, 15, 20 songs, there'll be two or three that are even 
listenable. And I think it's because I skip around to different genres a lot. Like one day my son will say, Oh, I want to hear Blue Moon. Okay, so now we're playing some doo-wop songs. And then uh, later in the afternoon, now we're playing some Dead Mouse. And then the next day, it's Smashing Pumpkins. And the day after that, it's Nirvana. I don't think, and then the day after that, it'll be all all Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash. And Mm -hmm, I think it mm -hmm. doesn't, and like it doesn't pick, it won't say, oh, well, Dan likes Johnny Cash, so we'll play one of those. And though those, that happens in these little subgenre daily mixes that it does those are great but when it tries to figure out a weekly mix it's complete crap now i don't even ours, bother ours to play really strange I, as it happens i listened to the apple music uh, new for you today and it's it's i did such a wild guess why any of it is in there some of it i get i get why there's lots of like upbeat pop like guitar pop because that's mostly what i like but then there'll be some really strange hip-hop in there and i'm wondering like how if it's just like a fairly limited supply if it's really like it's like uh, you also get on Apple Music. You also get the like uh, your your favorites mix, which obviously is pretty good because it's stuff that I've listened to tons of times. Oh, there's Foo Fighters! Surprise, surprise! Uh, but yeah, it's really strange. I, I've wondered that too because now that my kid is, we've got a family Apple Music account, and I I bet she's polluting the crap out of my results. She's certainly not helping me on YouTube. Oh my god, YouTube man! I get so many suggestions for like five minute life hacks videos and like. This bizarre thing she watches where these two women play pranks on each other. It's really, really weird. <laughs> I don't like what that's doing to my No, I know. I feel bad about that. My son loves my son loves YouTube and always is watching and so I set him up with his own account, but like I have the login You're for kidding. it. You're kidding. No, I have the login for it. Did you fib about the age? I would never do that. Okay. And, uh, and so, but it like comes to my email and I can see what he's watching and everything. So, yeah, I mean, all of it, by the way, he's, I have to commend him in case he's listening to this in the far flung future. Um, he is, uh, he is very responsible. He watches stuff that I totally approve of, but it's like you're saying, it's like, I'll get these emails, you know, cause YouTube sends out these emails for like, Oh, a new episode of, um, you know, such and such person plays Nintendo is out. Oh, and, you know, and there's a lot of that. And then he watches a lot of science stuff and other things. I'm like, I don't know if it was, if it's luck or good parenting or whatever, but he, he really stays on the straight and narrow on YouTube. And I'm just super relieved about that. I know. Yeah. Sometimes I'll hear about something that's a little edgy. She'll mention that, like, oh, yeah, I was watching this thing. And I was like, hmm. After that article about weird kid YouTube, kind of freaks you out a little bit. But um, sorry, I didn't mean to go off on such a rant. No, I like the rant stuff. It's just it's some it keeps coming up, and uh, I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff where I really do. Even I have to say, even to an extent with YouTube, I definitely see the benefit of being in the YouTube ecosystem. Well, there's a reason. For example, there's probably a real good reason CGP Gray puts all of the podcasts that he's on up on YouTube. He's ridiculously popular on YouTube and well well earned, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I love we my whole family loves CGP Grey videos and Number File Brady's. They're they're great, but um, they do uh, Hello Internet the podcast and um, and finally yeah, Grey has a new video this week too. But like okay, so but it's weird. So like when you're in with YouTube, like it's I vaguely follow the dust ups and drama with YouTube. They had a huge diaspora of, of advertisers because of concerns about appearing in like right wing uh, videos and stuff like that, and so they've really cracked down now with um, even further on you know not just the copyright stuff but like what do they call it demonetizing is that what it's called 
They I basically think so. they shut off your ability to make money if they oh, detect yes, anything. Yes. And it happens with like fairly vanilla stuff. But um but you do get the benefit of being on YouTube. Like can you even just start with the cost of bandwidth? What that would have cost even after the shared server days, like even with the in the Libsyn days, like what it would cost you the in- increasingly large account that you would have to have with unmetered bandwidth. It's un- unbelievable to think about. Also, I mean like Vimeo was still kind of a hipster option, but like and it's good because you can sell stuff pretty easily through there, but like what other video sites that are legit do you like regularly go to that aren't YouTube? Unless you're trying to find some like obscure like TV show on daily motion or something like that. Yeah. Never. It's, it's all YouTube and it's, it's all YouTube, you know, yeah. and the stuff that Apple's doing now, there are tutorials and things like Apple has a channel on YouTube and that doesn't to me concede that, Oh, well, YouTube won, Apple lost. It's nothing like that. No, it just makes sense. They it's, know sense. that's where people are. People are on YouTube. That's where you, if you have something that has video, that's where you should be going. Well, yeah. I mean, if you sell bottled water, you probably want to be in airports. Like that just makes sense. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you're giving into big airport. It means that, like that's <laughs> just where the market is for what it is that you sell. It's right. only sensible. Um, but I mean, like there's lessons both ways from that. Now, on the other hand, now YouTube apparently is more and more cracking down on. I mean, a lot of the stuff that I like to watch on YouTube. I think they get some, well, obviously they get some money from advertising, but I mean, I feel like possibly even decreasingly fewer of them are doing just a pure advertising play. Some of the ones my daughter watches have a lot of product placements. Like there's this, what's her name? Um, Macaroon with a Q. This Chinese woman who does these amazing little crafts. I'll find her. She's really good. But she she has these, uh, to my eye and ear, very awkward like product placement things in there. Like this certain kind of gift card she wants you to buy and... But you know, YouTube does not want you doing that. They want you doing like straight up their ads, right? You know like if mean? like if we did a, a video version of Back to Work and we had a sponsor, you know, in the middle of it, they yeah. they would not like that. We can you can do that on YouTube, but that's not what they want. They don't want that. Right. They want us to use their own. And of course, I mean, why? Yeah, duh, why wouldn't they? Well, especially you know. It's funny in all of these ecosystem dust ups, uh, you know, kind of like what you choose or demand to call yourself right like facebook is now like very big on not saying how, like how we're not a media outlet right, right. that we're a what do they how do they what do they call it but i mean you know youtube is an advertising platform <laughs> that's what it is it's got as uh, as they used to say back in our day they get you get fish food to attract people but like it's really an advertising platform right is what sure. it is so if there are other people that are using their advertising platform to use different kinds of advertising you can kind of see if they were straight up about that you would go like oh i kind of undersee understand why you uh i undersee i undersee why you wouldn't want that yeah um would you tell me about a second item that you like i will tell you all about video blocks Video blocks. Video, video blocks. Video blocks. This is the place to go for studio quality stock footage, audio, and images at a fraction of the cost. And all of the content there is royalty free, so you can use it for any kind of project, personal, commercial. It doesn't matter. It's royalty free. Use it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Download all the stock media that your heart desires. They've got a member library that has over 150,000 videos, over 100,000 audio clips, added content. All the time coming down the chute. It's there all the time. I don't know how they do it, but they're always adding stuff. So what you see today, you might see another thing tomorrow, another 20 (laughs) things the next day. 
And if you've ever tried to do this stuff yourself, maybe you tried to like shoot B-roll or use footage or try to grab an audio clip off the internet. And I mean, none of that is, uh, is reliable. It's not the way to do it. Let them do it for you. They're always finding great content out there. And like I said, you could use the images that they have. You can use sound, but you want to do a soundbite for your show. You can do that. Anything you want to do for your project, you need this kind of really high quality source material. It's all there. It's spelled video, V-I-D-E-O, blocks, B-L-O-C-K-S, videoblocks.com slash back to work. You'll get all your stock footage, get your audio, get your images, everything you can imagine for just 149 bucks. And, uh, and that's a special deal you'll only get at videoblocks.com slash back to work. Studio quality clips, tracks, and graphics. Go check them out. And you can go uh, right now. If you go to show notes, you'll find in that time that Dan was uh, was telling you about video blocks, I found videos of macaroons, videos of bourbon whiskey. <laughs> oh, bourbon. I found uh, videos of podcast. <laughs> you can go and find all of those things. It's all in there. It's real easy to use. Uh, our thanks to uh, Video Blocks for supporting 5x5 five five and back to work. Boom. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Robert, 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 uh, Robert Siegel's leaving uh, ATC. I'm going to miss him. Robert, bringing in that other Robert lady, Mary Siegel. Louise Kelly. The lady sounds like a Maria Bamford character. ATC stands She's for good. All Things Considered. All Things Considered. All Things Considered. All Things Considered. Considered here. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I like I'm, that. I'm, blue, I'm Bluetooth. Remember Bluetooth. Hi. He's still <laughs> around. He, I guarantee you, he hears himself. Yeah. He'll, he'll go and tweet right now and say hi. 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 As soon as he hears this. Um, yes, yes. I love <laughs> public radio names. It's a strange phenomenon. It feels like a fairly recent phenomenon, people who have three first names. There's one, what's the, there's one lady, so you got Mary Louise Kelly, I think is her name. Yeah. There's a, wasn't there also a Carol Ann Clark Kelly? <laughs> was there? I think there was. Carol Ann Clark, Carol Ann Clark Kelly. She has four first names. That's a lot. That's too And there's Mary Louise Kelly. Senior producer Carol Ann Clark Kelly. <laughs> she has four first names. That's amazing. Carol Ann Clark Kelly. Mary Louise Kelly. Markov chain Kelly. Uh, so I'm going to definitely need a nap today. Were you out really late? No, we had a holiday party. Yeah, but I, I mean, you're yeah, up, up for the for the party. Was it late? Were you doing that? I was up all night to get some get some lucky. Hmm. Uh, it's a challenge podcast. A weekly challenge pod, pod, podcast. Challenge each other. Challenge ourselves. Do it by Friday. And so uh, do it by Friday. And so the challenge uh, was uh, in the spirit of your great HR uh, Huff, Fluffy Puff episode. Puff and stuff. Show. Yeah. No, HR Fluffy Puff is the name. Oh of the yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember what you're talking. Remember about. when John lost his license for driving 130 in a school zone? No. Oh, God, it's such a good episode. It's one of the... And, and, and John was having a little holiday party on the show. You don't remember? That's since become a tradition, the holiday party. And so, uh, yeah, the challenge was last night, we had lots of drinks and uh, just had random people on the show. Comes out this week. It's very funny. We had a lot to drink. Everyone's hungover today. You don't seem hungover at all. Oh, thanks, buddy. And then um, the last challenge before that, we uh, had to eat... The same order that the president gets from McDonald's. So that was interesting. I saw that you tweeted or posted a photo and it looked like you had yes. Big Macs and other things. Two Big Macs, two filet of fish and a uh, chocolate shake. Why so much? 
that's what the president orders and eats as a meal from McDonald's. Every time? I want to really underscore this. This is not a thing that happened one time when he was like having a, a weekend with friends. His go-to order, according to Corey Lewandowski, is two Big Macs, two filet of fish, and a chocolate shake. Did you eat all of it? Uh, I ate the I ate all of two Big Mac. Oh, no, I ate, I ate all the Big Mac, two thirds of a fillet of fish, all the insides out of a second Big Mac, all the insides out of a quarter pounder with cheese because that was my special. Half an order of a large order of fries, and I didn't even touch the second fillet of fish. That was rough. So, so, so for your interest, Dan, are you really thinking about this when I when I tell you? I want you to think about the concept of two Big Macs. I'm thinking. Okay. How many pieces of bread are on a Big Mac? Three. Okay. Three times two. Six. Plus two times two. Ten. He eats ten pieces of bread. He eats like half a loaf of bread. Just the bread from those. Seventy years old, he's eating like that. Well, I'm. First of all, if I'm seventy, that's exactly how I'm going to want to eat. You know what? If I made it to seventy, you know. I, you know what? I've been looking at this. Like wrong. I've never, Shame like, on me. I've never dropped acid or anything. But like, what? if I'm seventy something, yes. maybe it's time swing, to try it. I don't know. Swing from the rafters, baby. I'm thinking about acid because I'm watching this Wormwood. On speaking uh-huh. of Netflix, have you seen this thing, Wormwood? Wormwood. Uh, this is about mm-hmm. how in the seventies, late sixties, early seventies, a, a CIA agent. Oh, it's got Sarsgard. Was dosed with. LSD and he didn't know it or something like that and he jumped out of a New York City uh, hotel window and killed himself. Whoa. This is the MK Ultra CIA stuff. This is this oh, actually and this no happened. Kidding. Like this is real. This is a, like more <gasps> of a documentary. This isn't like a, I wonder if I'll ever see it on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Really good. Really good. I'm enjoying it. The cast it. is awesome. It's got Molly Parker? Yeah. It's got uh, it's got Westworld is in it. You've got the guy from uh oh you got Bob Balaban from uh, the Seinfeld. So wait is just are they actually is it acting it out or is it a documentary well, is it a reenactment thing it is it is a documentary with a reenactment but what's cool about the reenactment is as you're mentioning they're really good actors in it it's not Molly Parker from Deadwood yeah she's great she's amazing oh, in it I love her I love her uh, but the, Jimmy Simpson oh my god yes it's worth it be, but basically it starts out with the uh, the CIA guy's son who's now right. I'm guessing in his maybe 60s okay. uh, who has sort of been haunted by this thing of your father either fell or jumped from a hotel window in New York okay. because of he was dosed by. Don't tell me too much more because yeah. I think I want to see. This. No, I, I'm telling you, I think you'd really like it. It's a nice okay. pace to it, but yeah. And then the, the 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 reenactment parts. You know, we're we're used to growing up with what was that show that had the famously oh, bad solved mysteries. Yeah, or, yes, no. I know. I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. with just the painfully bad reenactment and actors that look so nothing like the real people. And is that the Adam Walsh's father? Uh, what's his name? Oh. John Walsh? He yeah, might have done that. Because remember, there was the horrible thing that happened with his yeah, son. With his son and then he abducted. became an activist yeah. and he started that show. I think that's right. Tim Blake Nelson. I would love to have lunch with Tim Blake Nelson. I bet he is smart and cool. And I'd like to have lunch with Donovan McNabb, retired uh, Eagles quarterback. Donovan McNabb. I would also have lunch with Jimmy Simpson. I bet he's a riot. Peter Skarsgård. That used to be my uh, my wife's. Uh, Peter Skarsgård is the the clown, right? Peter Peter Skarsgård is the clown, and then Eric is the vampire. Are you, are you talking about uh, Always Sunny in Philly? 
No, I, there's Which, the one who played the, the clown is the brother of the mm. one who's the vampire. Okay. No, Peter Sarsgaard was in. Uh, he was in that uh, Broken Glass, Shattered Glass movie with uh, with uh, Die Hard. Skywalker. He was yes, yes. Has you, have you shown it to your kids? Die Hard. Yeah, I got it just to show them this Christmas. It's a Christmas oh, movie. Boy, I'm on the bubble. I know I'm on the bubble so hard. Oh, what are you I holding know? back? Is cursing? Cursing? It's just it? violence. It's just violence, right? Yeah. It's a, is there any sexy stuff in it? No, but it's the, just violence. the violence by today's standards. I mean, Harry Potter is more violent than this. I'm thinking that, but isn't it rated R? R, but from 1992 or whatever. But it's a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. Yippee ki yay! <laughs> Yeah, I want to show it too. I think she's going to like it so much, and it's got Snape in it. I know. She's so excited to see young Snape. I know. Tim Blake Nelson. I would have lunch with that guy. Hmm. Um. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, geez. Look at the time. I know. Uh, Dan. Yes. Dan. Yeah. Uh, would you tell me about um, one more thing that you like? I'll tell you Please. about one more thing. It's called Squarespace. 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 Things you can do with Squarespace. A Christmas list. You can turn your cool idea into a website. Hmm. You can showcase your work. You can blog. You can sell products and services. You can promote your physical or online business. You can announce an upcoming event. You can do what some of these food trucks that come to the parking lot here when it's not raining. Uh, they put their menus up there for their restaurant. tells you all about them. I mean, this is what Squarespace is all about. You're getting the idea. It's making any kind of website that you want, and they make it beautiful, and they make it easy. It's got powerful e-commerce built into it. It's got uh, beautiful templates created by world-class designers. It's got built-in SEO uh, analytics that let you see how your show is your show. If you're hosting your mm-hmm. show, you can host your show there. But it lets you mm-hmm. see how your website is doing. And now you can even buy domains. Whether or not you're getting a website, they have over 200 domain name extensions available. Go check it out. Make something awesome. Make it with Squarespace. Squarespace.com. You'll get a free trial. And when you're ready, use the offer code back to work to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain or both. Why not? Squarespace.com offer code back to work. Huge fan, huge fan. I couldn't do what I do without them. Like uh, they have made Roderick on the line such an easy thing for me to do. So easy. I am a huge fan. You don't of even action. have to record the show. They record the show for you now. They well, host the show for you. I, I, I don't like to say this too often, but they've been a longtime sponsor. I, I, I recommend Squarespace. They, the, the, there's not a piece of paper that tells me to say that per se, but I actually really like using them. And I think what they charge is very reasonable for what you get out of it, especially if it's part of your work that doesn't need to be part of your work. Like if you, if you want to have a delivery business, maybe have somebody else take care of the trucks for you. Like th- it makes a lot of sense to make the thing that you are uniquely capable of making and not spend that time playing with bootstrap or whatever. Like they will do that for you. It will work. It will look good on every device. That's all I'm going to say about that. Squarespace. Squarespace. <laughs> Squarespace. Um, why don't we ever talk about the fact that Ryan Reynolds was in the Green Lantern movie? Uh, we it as a, like as a, a weird, society, it seems like a like a weird dream. Like I, I've never seen it, but like he's so and he's in the Deadpool, right? That's him. He's Van City. I, I follow him on the Twitter. He's one of the few celebrities I follow. He's great. He's, he's very funny. The thing with his wife, oh, the, with the photos, forth, I love it. The photos are so. When she got back at him, it was so goddamn funny. Happy birthday was <laughs> a picture of him of him when his wife Ryan cropped Gosling, out, on the but side. he's mostly cut out of the picture. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> They're so cute. 
Oh, um, I mean, he um, was a Green Lantern, but he is not the only actor who has crossed over and done both DC as well as Marvel. Ooh, uh, interesting. Movies. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to look at a BuzzFeed list. I'm going to try and do this off the top of my head. Who are some other ones? Um, think, who? Give me one. Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Wait, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, but there's others. I promise. Right. I'm going to have to use the BuzzFeed article. <laughs> oh, see, I don't know that it's a BuzzFeed article, but I feel fairly certain that if I search for actors DC Marvel, the first result, well, let's go find out. Net worth? Feet? Hmm. Uh, DC Marvel. Now, what's going... What is the story now mm-hmm. where one of the franchises bought another one of the franchises and that means that they're going to be able to do different things with the X-Men now? Oh, yeah. What what happened? Um, there's plenty of deeper and smarter coverage elsewhere, but the short-ish version is that Disney is going to acquire most of Fox, excluding um, Fox News and a couple other things that Rupert Murdoch really wants to hold on to. But that means that now pretty much it, it, it would appear at this point that things that used to seem intractably difficult like Mm -hmm. the fact that marvel had sold off the rights to the fantastic four for like you know eleven dollars and a bottle of (laughs) yuhu in the 90s that they you know because marvel went into this fire sale mode like like i said there's way more coverage of this than i can do well but uh, marvel was really hurting and they were selling rights to their stuff for pretty cheap and it had a couple problems i mean one is they did that not long before the kind of rebirth of the comic really no maybe the platinum age of of comic book movies but marvel had sold off the rights to so many of their own things that and how could you you even put this you you actually need a diagram to understand why (laughs) i don't even know if it's the name quicksilver could be in a fox movie and a marvel movie right so like but sometimes it's because you're in the avengers sometimes it's because you're not in the x-men you can have mutants but they can't be etc 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 right they can't be called mutants they and they can't have been born with their powers but they can have essentially the same powers and the same names when you end up coming up with stuff like um like who makes so who makes deadpool that's um is that fox is that fox or is it sony Sony. I think it's Fox. I think it's Fox. But like you end up having these characters where it's like really close. You know, there's already so many mutants that have similar powers. It's just all very strange. Like Josh Brolin now. Josh Brolin's going to be Cable, right? I thought so, yeah. I think so. Oh, oh, here's the classic. Uh, Michael Keaton, duh. Michael Keaton's in Spider-Man. Michael Keaton was in Batman. Yeah. James Marsden. What, would, what did he do? Oh, it's superhero hype. Well, might as well go ahead and cheat in style. Here we go. Ben Affleck. Oh, okay. Daredevil. Ben Affleck was Daredevil. That's Daredevil. right. Gosh, that was forgettable. I'm like, what? I know he's Batman, oh, yeah. but what did he do on Marvel? Jam- oh, God, this is such That was a long time ago. Fire. James Marsden. Oh, he was in Superman Returns, and he's the, he's the Cyclops. Oh. Oh, I thought we were done with the galleries, guys. Are we still doing this? Oh, we have to click through to get to see all 12, and then the and ones in between so are ads. Ugh, it's so stupid. I watched a good. Oh God! Of course, Chris Evans. He's been in everything. Sorry, excuse me. That was an errand. No, it was that was perfect. Chris Evans has been in lots of things. Um, He's literally every superhero. My 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 friend and co-host Max Temkin told me one of his favorite movies is a Danny Boyle movie called Sunshine from just a few years ago, 
and I watched it the other night. I think it's really good. And uh, he's in that. Chris Evans is in that. Chris Evans is in that. You got Cillian Murphy, the, the handsome scarecrow guy from uh, 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 it's uh, not Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, Twenty Eight Days Later. He's in that. Sunshine. It's a very good movie. It's got it's got Rose Byrne. Sunshine, the one that takes place in outer space. Yes, I love that movie. Have you seen it? Many times. It's pretty good, huh? It's very, very good. It has a... It's very alien-ish Yeah, in some ways. very much like an but it's alien... Alien meets 2001, right, kind of. Right, right, right. Or Moon, maybe even Moon. There's oh, like, you like, know, there's, my son found Moon and watched it and loved it. Did it mess him up? Uh, he immediately... That's kind of a, that's kind of a head mess he up guessed, movie. He guessed one of the plot twists okay. very, very early on. All right. Uh, which disappointed me tremendously, uh, but yeah, he loved it. It still messed with his head enough, and uh, but he loves it. But Baby Driver, he watches it every day now. He can't watch that. Oh, he watches it. That's too violent, Dan. Oh, he. I told you, he's the violence doesn't phase him. Well, he's a, he's that's a pacifist, but he's a pacifist. <laughs> okay, um, that's good. Movies are nice. Uh, we probably don't have too. I kind of want to get to this follow-up, right. although it's a little bit long as follow-up goes. I'll, I'll try and get through this quickly. Uh, I had two, um, two good pieces of follow-up. Uh, listener Logan uh, writes to us on what I'm calling Windows as a feature, not a bug. Uh, listener Logan says, I just had some thoughts on the topic. So this came uh, from a topic last week, week before, something like that, where a listener wrote to us saying like, hey, <laughs> I can get this totally cherry job. Right. And like in a place I want to live with a job that I want to do for good money for good money but this industry uses pretty much was banking was banking I right? think it was it banking very Windows centric and right. like could I give up my Apple lifestyle for a job where I have to use Windows and the email made it sound like he was leaning toward just saying no to the job it kind of seemed like yeah. it and we as you know men who'd wish for better things for ourselves in life uh turned to him and said oh my god for the love of god take the job yes yes <laughs> you can always quit but like oh my goodness and so we have we've had some interesting follow up from that and uh, i thought i thought we got a couple thought provoking ideas one listener logan says i uh, just had some thoughts on the topic of being forced to use windows uh, I'm in a similar situation to the listener name, uh, listener name withheld. I work in a field where the only tools available run on Windows, so the work environment is 100% Windows, 7 and 10 in the case of my company. While I also vastly prefer macOS for getting things done enjoyably and quickly, I find that having to use Windows at work is a feature. It forces me to have a mental separation between home and work. At home, I can't think about work things because I don't have access, and the tools I use are completely different. And at work, I don't get distracted by home stuff, wanting to try a cool new app, etc. Thank you, listener Logan. I thought that was a kind of an interesting point of view. And uh, he didn't even need to use his claws. Right. Listener Logan. Now, now that's, that's going to be part of uh, Marvel and Disney again, too. <laughs> yeah, it'll be brought right in. Right as he's like done with the role. Yeah, I know. I wish they'd make a good X-Men movie. I mean, there are good X-Men movies, but they're not... I mean, there's good movies about people with powers that don't necessarily want them. <laughs> but, like, those movies have not aged super well. Not at all. They the look horrible. The second one, I still think the second one and First Class are both very good. First Class, I, I will agree with you on. The first X-Men... It's fine, mm. but it's that was early days. Yeah, it's not good. Got a little silly. Gotta tell you, also tell you the truth, don't at me. I don't think the Avengers... Movies are ranging very well. The first one's really good. Like I think, I think the first Captain America, the first Thor. I think those are all good movies. Obviously, uh, Ragnarok, great movie. But like, I mean, when's the last time you like couldn't wait to go turn on Age of Ultron? 
Yeah, I didn't like that one at all. Is it the one with the, is that one with the city in the sky? Yeah. Ugh, it was really bad. Have you seen the new Star Wars? No. No, we're we seeing it. Good. We got tickets for next week. Yeah, we're seeing it uh, Sunday morning or something like that. Uh, I The full media blackout is pretty much unsustainable at this point. I have had to mute so many people. But you just, the opinions are everywhere. Like, you, people have very strong opinions about this and they're super mad, which makes it something that makes it even harder to miss. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. it's the fact that there are so many arguments Hot happening. Takes. Yeah, it makes me like, want, now I really want to see it, you know? I know, I know. Um, I thought listener Logan's comment was was uh, was very interesting. I had not thought of it from that point of view, but that totally makes sense. I used to back when I was Merlin Man, and I would do those talks. It's something I would talk about a lot. That you know, talking about in particular, sometimes drawn out to a point of you know being farcical. But the difference between the career of somebody my grandfather's age and the career of somebody my age are so. I mean, we or as I grew fond of saying in these talks, you know, he um, had the same job for over thirty years. Like, I mean, literally the same job, you know, union job with benefits. And when he went home, like he wasn't going to get a call about stuff. He didn't, they didn't right. have a way to contact him really. Right. I don't think they even had a phone. And what, what, would they, phone. what would they need from him after Yeah, we you know, need to come o'clock. in and turn off more people's gas and electric service. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We got some fresh deadbeats, Barry. Could you pop in <laughs> on his Blackberry? Um, so I, I, I feel like I can definitely see the benefit in that. You know what? I, I mean, you're more into this stuff than I am, and you're definitely into the lore of this more than I am. The idea of the craftsperson, whether that's somebody like your uh, the engineer grandfather you have, like somebody who makes a clock with a think about like um, a Nick Offerman and his wood shop. I mean, there's something very attractive to me about having a locus of work. Um, and again, something I mentioned probably twice a year when I'm referring to what I do, I don't always get this right, but I've made an I feel like I've made an important mental separation. Between a house is a structure that I live in mm-hmm. and home is an area of responsibility in my life. Mm. An office is the building that I go to to do something that I call work, although the work that I do can be can and should be accomplished in lots of different places. That seems like such a fine distinction, but I, I think it is an important distinction to make. Something I very much struggled with in the early days of having a kid was you know, really cutting off, especially when I was working at home and having a kid. It was hard. You know, yesterday, uh, Roderick's got his daughter for the week. If you haven't gotten this yet, you will. I mean, she, she's the sweetest. But, like, it's very hard to record a podcast with a, a kid in the house. Yeah, it really is. So, you know, really, uh, that's a very roundabout way of just saying I, I think that's a very thought-provoking point. It's like maybe it is a feature and not a bug. To, to not be able to do this everywhere uh, could be very attractive. And also, you know, it's sort of like I realize, like, how attached I've gotten to jobs in the past, in particular – that first job I had in Tallahassee with Dave, the marketing guy, where I was very attached to my office and I was very personally attached to my, my computer at work mm-hmm. and the way I had decorated my office, my private office. Like, and when I didn't have that job anymore, it was a huge blow to me. But like, I think that wasn't as healthy as it felt at the time. Not, not least because I felt like, oh, now that I've decorated my office, they'll have to keep me here forever and give me lots of raises. Right, which is not right. the case. But also that, you know, I was working a lot. I mean – a 40 hour week would be very rare. It was more like 60 yes. and occasionally 80. Yes. And I think about that now and it's, it's kind of staggering. I mean, I was a single guy for that time. Um, and my lady friend, you know, had lots to do on her own. She had her own job in school, but like that was, woof. um, and I think part of the reason I had no problem coming in on Saturday morning and making courtroom exhibits till it was dark outside was that I had a quadra 
in my own office, and it was great. I could listen to CDs on it. Right, right. There was a CD player. <laughs> right? Just plug I mean, your headphones in. Yeah, exactly right. With the Quadra, that was sweet. You could also talk to it. But um, anyway, I, I thought that was a thoughtful response. Do you have anything else to add for uh, listener Logan? No. No. I think he's going to okay. be all right, though. Listener Mark, this one's a little more uh, buck wild, but it's interesting. Uh, I thought, listener Mark, uh, related to the Windows issue, writing about the, the problem of needing to feel special. Uh, in the latest episode, quoting, in the latest episode, the discussion of taking a job based on equipment prompted me to revisit some thoughts I'd been mulling over in relationship to, in relation to my own procrastination and something I call, hmm, I'm going to skip that word because I don't like it. Uh, you've touched on this idea before in the context of not needing a fancy notebook to write things down. Da, 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 da. I think, however, it's worth considering um, – do I have to do this in Python instead of this rubbish Excel stuff? He says, I'm no psychiatrist, and in my own self-examination, I've come to regard it as an attempt to realize my own desire to be special in the environment. For example, if I don't get the fancy chair, that means I'm just average. In the end, what appears to be high standards may well be a debilitating mindset that moves from the material to the personal. Isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Is this job special enough for someone as fancy as me? Is this relationship good enough? At its heart, uh, it may well be a false sense of self-worth based around one's specialness. And, of course, specialness can only exist in relation to other folks and their normality. It has, therefore, uh, taken on an unappealing aspect. I've come to recognize it, dismiss it, and just open Excel. That's kind of an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. Right now, you get to be the captain of your own ship. Yeah. You get to decide what you're going to build. You get to decide what tools you're going to use to build it. And if, for whatever reason, you went and decided to work for someone else... Mm -hmm. Uh, well, what if they brought you in for your Rails skills right. and then said, well, actually, we're going to pivot to Python. So you need to bone up on that. You probably know it already, but we need you to get real good at that. Um, that's in that interesting middle spot yeah. where it's like, well, I, you know, I actually kind of really don't like Python. Like philosophically and practically, it doesn't make sense as a thing. You know, people have very strong feelings about those, those kinds of tools. Yeah. So it's one thing to say, well, you know, I prefer you buy this different kind of ibuprofen for the office, or I would like this kind of desk calendar. Okay. That shades all the way down into, you know, um, well, how much of this is like, is there an opportunity here for me to learn something I didn't know before? Or is it that I feel like the capitulation to doing anything that's not the way that I want it is making me seem, feel, and look less special than I feel like I am. Mm. I don't know. I thought it was an interesting idea. It is an interesting idea. I mean, it is... I, I, don't, I mean, it's not, that's not obsessing my thoughts, but I, I thought it was an interesting idea because I, I bet I've done that too. I've done it. I've done all the bad things. Yeah, I think I think I have too. I mean, I just... When I hear about this stuff, it really makes me remember that, that time I spent in the corporate world before kind of going out on my own, but... You know, that was always the, the promise of going out on your own was that you were going to escape a lot of that kind of yes. thinking. But that, that wasn't always the case. In fact, in many cases, it was the opposite. Um, well, and it's, I mean, just for myself, I, I, I kind of feel like there, it's not, not always the case. I'm not bagging on jobby jobs, but like uh, to have a successful career at a jobby job, you, it does help to have a certain kind of personality. Yeah. And to be, I don't know. In some ways, more grown up than somebody like me. But what because I, what because you 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 go into an office every day and sit it through meetings. Because yes, and you're expected to like not have lots of meta commentary about how useful meetings are as a thing. Like oh, 
Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Plato. It's really <laughs> useful to have you come in here and tell us what needs to be done for the place where we hired you. Like to an, to a manager, that is galling. Whereas to me, I would not be able to, in good conscience, one way in which, you know, again, my friend Marco and me are kind of alike is like, I would have a lot of trouble going to as many meetings as most people go to because I don't believe in meetings that much. But you know who cares about that opinion? Me. Um, so it does have – I'm not saying it, – it sounds like I'm implying you have to be a sheep or something, and I'm not. It, it does help to have a broader and more mature sense of the world and how you fit into it, right? In the same way that like if there's a fire, like, you know what? I hope you're just going to go pitch in and help out and grab a fire extinguisher rather than worry about like whether you're going to get the good you know, uh, participant shirt. Right. It's, it does – it takes a different point of view. Um. And the other side of that for me has been in a job – again, see also that job I was referring to, uh, which is kind of my canonical job, where I would take all kinds of slights, perceived slights, like very personally, very problematic things. If, if anything was done to do anything but constantly bolster my self-esteem – and the sense that I was absolutely critical to every aspect of how this place works. Right. If I wasn't constantly acknowledged for that, like a four-year-old, like I would get really like me about stuff. Well, I remember there was a guy Howdy. that I used to work with who he he just wanted to have his name attached to as many projects as possible, even if he did essentially nothing, even if his oh, full commitment to the project was simply uh, showing up and being in a meeting once every week. Um, you know, it somehow. Any successful project always had this guy's name on it. And he was very, very good at making himself seem indispensable and seemed, seem very knowledgeable and just involved in so many different things. And it was, uh, it was so obvious that he was sort of snowing all the managers by this and like everyone knew it. And but getting, but like getting away with it, getting away with it and getting credit so for weird. stuff. And like, I can't believe they wouldn't see through that. No. And that, that's the frustrating part. You're like, how can you not see through that? Everyone. Right, I feel like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Yeah. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I don't know. There's so much about that world that seems so foreign to me. You know, like a sort of like a speculative fiction, like a sci-fi, like fish out of water, like separate wives thing. Like, why am I the only person who thinks that this all seems very strange? You know. Anyway, um, thanks to our beloved uh, listeners for for responding. We'll we'll try to cut down on the inside jokes. We'll try to be more helpful. We'll try to reconcile the various uh, comic book universes. Mm-hmm. You know, most of all to you, the customer. I think it's going to be uh, really nice to have all these different franchises in, in one place. But you know what I was thinking about? Could like, be. Yeah, could Why be. would Marvel do that? But then I, I kind of realized when Marvel was doing that, number one, they needed the money. But number two, they weren't in a position to do a movie themselves about Spider-Man. They couldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have a oh, movie no. studio like they do today. And that, that's why, we, as we talk about, like once a month, that's why Iron Man and um, Batman Begins. That's right. Yeah. We're so fascinating. It's like, oh my God, these can be good. These yeah. can actually be good and not camping. Can't be. You and, know? And, I, and, but it, you know, like this comes back in the day when like a movie studio just made movies, a TV stage studio just made TV shows, and a comic book company just made comic books. You know, and like it was there were these right. walls up in between them. And, you know, you might have a movie company saying, we'd like to do a movie about Spider-Man. 
And Marvel would say, a movie about Spider-Man sounds like a great idea. Pay us some money to do that. And the movie company mm-hmm. would say, we'll give you a lot of money and we can make a whole bunch of movies. And they, Marvel would say, great, because that way I can keep my desk. I can keep the power going. Yeah, <laughs> please uh, have some fun with Spider-Man. And then all of a sudden they realize, wait a minute. We, we could do better than this, but no, wait a minute. We can't because like we don't really own Spider-Man in the movies. It's so I want to find this. I think my Seth pointed me to this a long time ago. DC Marvel movie chart, but it's, it's really crazy. And there's some real like outliers about like, or, or questionable ones like, Oh gosh, who's really allowed to use this as this person's name? Well, like for example, Oh, here we go. <clears throat> Visual guide to Marvel character movie rights. Oh my God. Here, let me find this for you. Uh, oh, I hope it's not too updated. Okay, good. This is from 2014. Do you want it in Skype or text? Uh, text, please. <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at looking at one of these keyboards. Oh, the, nice. The DOS. Do you have the Mac specific one? Uh, I have the DOS keyboard. Is it the four, three, or the four? I'm looking. Is it the professional or the S? I'm looking. I have. Uh, I don't know. DOS K4M something. Try that. DOS K4M. The Geek Twins. Uh huh. Uh huh. <clears throat> but look at that. Like, um, where's the really crazy one? Oh, like She-Hulk, Namor, <laughs> the leader, the leader, right, of all things, is, is universal. It's just so weird. It's so weird. But then look at the weird crossover ones, or like Kingpin, like who does Kingpin belong to? Alpha Flight. Oh, good. That's still Alpha Flight. Um, <laughs> and Stan Lee's up there in the upper right, just floating. <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> all right. Good enough. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I guess it'll be good. I mean, it's it never feels good in your gut when these companies consolidate. You know what I mean? At least to me. Well, yeah, because it, it seems like it's too big, too big for its britches. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I guess. Now wait a minute. Where are where are we with our schedule? What are we What are we doing? Are we uh, for next week? Yeah, what are we doing? Wait, next you mean week? you can't record because Christmas falls on the same day that we normally do the show? Is that how it works? Will it be then? Next. Or is it Monday? Clicking. No, it's Monday. Monday's Christmas. It's up to you. If you want to do it Wednesday, <clears throat> we could. If you want to come in Tuesday and do it, I'm down for whatever you want whatever you want to mm-hmm. do. I mean it's your show. I'm just, you know. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Because I got I got last last Jedi on Wednesday. Um Yeah, well you can't do it Wednesday then. Yeah, I might could do it Tuesday. I think it's I don't know if we're going to visit family. It's the only problem. Why, don't, why, are we, why are we doing this on the air? No one needs to hear this. They don't care. Jim, I'll Christmas. edit this well, all um, out. I'll edit Merry this Christmas whole and thing. happy holidays and uh, and uh, sane December to all of our listeners and yeah, to you. Absolutely, happy uh, happy winter. Yeah, let's button this up. I love okay. you, Merlin man. I love you too, Dan Benjamin. So I, I ch- changed it a little. You took it. You took it. You turned it. Yeah.